It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, you all. Welcome to the Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong and you are here with your co-host Stephanie Richardson that's me and Heather Smith hey Heather hi hi everybody thanks for joining us for another episode of the good girl's guide to being wrong and happy (laughs) how can being wrong and happy make me happy (laughs) (laughs) yes well that's good because what we have in store today has a whole bunch of us being totally wrong uh, as part of just even introducing this topic. So um, I sprung a topic <laughs> on Heather probably about 30 minutes ago. And um, that was, it, and the, the title, as you may have noticed, if you clicked on the link, is A Glitch in Science. And so Heather only partially knows where we're going <laughs> with this topic. So I'm going to start us <laughs> off and we're going to see where we go. But I'm going to go ahead and put preface this entire show by basically saying, if you have a scientific mind, I will offend you if you (laughs) during this episode. And I probably have this entirely wrong. So none of this is about me being right about how this whole thing works, but it is about a a topic that got sparked listening to Neil Tyson deGrasse uh, or Neil deGrasse Tyson there. I always say his name backwards Um, and a couple of other scientists. And it, it got me really thinking. So I could just start us off. And, and so they were talking about dimensions. Um, and hold on there. We're not gonna, it's not going to get too complicated, I promise, because I'm not sure that I <laughs> in, in understand enough to get really complicated with it. But one of the things they said that was like the, sh- the, the scratching record moment, that and then everything stops <laughs> moment. Is when they basically said that if they can't if they can't measure it, basically they're not going to deal with it. And that part was kind of like, well, okay, cool. Um, that's one of I think people's favorite things about science is it gives them something tangible to look at. But I've always looked at science, maybe maybe from the ideals of the space age, um, which I wasn't born yet then, but. <laughs> But I think it it sort of fed into, you know, when I was a kid, this idea that science can lead the way to the future. But in this conversation, it had me question that because the next thing they said after we don't deal with anything we can't measure was a whole bunch of stuff about basically if, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened. So they were talking about the easy one that's easy to explain, and it's going from a two-dimensional universe to a three-dimensional universe. So Futurama, a friend of mine told me last night, he's like, oh, yeah, Futurama did an episode like that. And, um, and so Futurama is a cartoon, and basically they took this on, and they said if you're 2D, there's a whole bunch of things that, that can happen in 2D that don't happen in 3D and vice versa. One of them being, for instance, you can't walk by anyone else 
if you're in a 2D. Literally, if you were flat on a piece of paper, imagine that there is no walking in front of someone or behind someone. You literally can only sort of like go over someone. <laughs> so, for instance, <laughs> right. they had a draw in the Futurama episode. They had a drawing of these people who uh, they met a king. And the king basically blows his little trumpet, do to do and then they lower a drawbridge. But in order to get by the chains, they literally have to drop the chains because they can't walk behind the chains. So it's a way that their reality has to function differently than in a 3D reality. In a 3D reality, the chains don't have to drop for you to walk by. You just walk between the two chains. But there's no such thing in a 2D universe. Now, here's, here's the thing the way that they were talking has us forever stuck in just the dimension that we know of right now. And I thought there's something about that just because we can't measure it or just because we can't fathom it. And there was something about that that really, really bugged me (laughs) because it's basically like closing our eyes and going, well, it can't exist because I don't see it because I don't know how to measure it. And it's like, well, then open your eyes. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's weird. Yeah. So I was just wondering. My, so the past day and a half has been me wondering <laughs> how exactly we get past. I mean, it, oh, anyway, how we get past yeah. the things that we've already determined are so true that we will never even ask a question of them. They've literally become the foundational facts that we will not walk around you know so in some ways we yeah. create our own 2d reality right like this thing that we can't get around <laughs> we can only go one direction <laughs> to, get, right. to get around it yeah, there's no going into it um and so i just wanted to to look at that i know that when we use the tools of access consciousness it's one of the ways that we can explore things that we don't have to have a cognitive uh, what are those ideas where the concept? We don't have to have a concept um, to begin yeah. experiencing and choosing something different. But I want to kind of look at like what what is this? What is this topic? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny enough, I was actually just kind of playing with the same topic in a totally different way, which is like the last thing you said, where we have this one point of view that we're sure this is how reality is and what's true and what's real and facts. And um, we have all this past history to back it up and theory to back it up and maybe even mathematics and proof, right, that we're, that we're correct in our point of view. And um, one of the things that I love about access consciousness and the tools of that and that I kind of found and, like, discovered in my own life even before I found Access Consciousness, was that when we question our own reality, when we question our own point of view, very little of it can, like, stays solid <laughs> or stays the same. It's like, you know, we can get so locked in with our point of view being right, and we're sure that's how it is. And it, it, it stays solid by the ways that we don't ever question it, right? So but the moment we start questioning something, even as uh, esoteric, I guess you could say, as our very reality, um, it, it falls apart, it changes, it, it alters. We became aware of something different, <laughs> something else. So 
um, just that one thing of asking a question and truly like being curious about what there is that is beyond what we've decided or judged or concluded or bought from somebody else in their point of view, you know, all of a sudden this whole world can open up. So, um, I'm not sure where we can go with that with our conversation, but it just has always well, been like really struck me that, that how powerful that is to actually question things. Well, I wonder two. I wonder two things. One, it, so so this idea that the world only exists in the way that we've decided that we can describe it is sort of you know sort of interesting in itself. It, it takes living a life which is a is one experience and turns it into something that you'll only allow yourself if you can tell someone else about it what if you can't what if you can't actually describe something to somebody and what if that's okay so if you're actually living your life as an experiment (laughs) but without the need to explain it and I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But if you're actually living your life as an experiment without the need to explain it to anyone, I wonder what we would discover. So yeah. if you were running your life as an experiment, what would that actually entail? It would, be, it would entail being curious about something and then trying something and then seeing what happens. Now, I think hypothesis kind of get in the way, right? Like, but if you don't mm-hmm. ever have to tell anybody else about it, you would never bother with a hypothesis. You would just do stuff and find out what happens. I think <laughs> hypothesis is or just another way. Uh, hypo- hypothesize. <laughs> what is the plural of hypothesis? <laughs> I'm going to say hypothesize because it's fun to say. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. <laughs> I couldn't tell you one way or the other. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure if we didn't have to describe what we're doing or justify what we're doing to anyone else, that whole hypothesis part um, wouldn't be required so much as, huh, I wonder what would happen if I did this. I wonder what would happen if I asked this. I wonder what would happen. So I was watching, um, you're going to, like, a whole new picture of me is beginning to emerge as I tell all these stories. (laughs) So I was watching Voyager last night, which is an old school Star Trek and um, yeah. I've been watching it a lot over the last few months. And one of the things, there's a Borg um, that is no longer a Borg. And a, a Borg is part, part, well, part some, be, like some kind of body. So it may be a human body. It might be another kind of body and part machine. And, um, and oh gosh, in telling that, I forgot where I was going with this. But part part of um, <laughs> dang it, it was so good. It fit in so nicely with <laughs> everything. Uh, it was about trying things out. It was about trying things out. But because basically, um, you know, she whenever she was no longer when she was sort of detached from the machine, uh, she had to start living differently or looking at the world differently because all of a sudden her entire worldview that had been, that had been connected to this collective was severed. And in that she didn't have the point of view that she had literally didn't have the point of view because previously she had the point of view of the collective of beings, not as a, as a single person. And so, you know, what, what, what does it take for to actually flip our own, you know, like you were talking about when your point of view uh, is stuck, you're stuck. 
when your point of view changes, your point of view changes. You can have something different show up in your life. You actually well, had, it, um, mentioned to me before the show. Do you want to talk about the allergy thing? Because that was that was something that was inexplicable to most people. With as far as like science is concerned, yeah. but you your life is different. Yeah, so one of the things that we were talking about before the show is like about science and it being measurable. And what that brought up for me is how everything is quantifiable, right? You can you can show the path, you can prove your work. And I was what I was uh, saying to Stephanie about that was how like I had a quantifiable result with things that I couldn't prove or show my work, but I definitely had a result. So when I was um, young, I got asthma and I had extreme food allergies. Um, You know, any corn or corn products like corn syrup and stuff or dairy and dairy products. (laughs) If I everything now. (laughs) Yeah, that's in all food basically. Um, (laughs) All junk food, all processed food. If I ate anything with those ingredients, I would get an asthma attack. So that was something, like, that was really real, right? (laughs) You know, I eat this food, I get an asthma attack within one or two minutes, and I can't breathe, right? So that that seemed really real (laughs) and really unchangeable. And every doctor that I talked to um, told me it was not curable. Uh, Since I developed it, you know, in my teenage years, maybe I would grow out of it. Um, they don't really know how someone gets asthma or maybe suddenly stops having asthma. Um, <laughs> so they really, you know, it's one of those weird things in, in science and medicine that they just don't understand and they can't prove anything. All they can do is tell you what is already going on. <laughs> right? <laughs> the obvious thing, I eat this, I get a reaction of uh, not being able to breathe. Okay? <laughs> so. Other people who have this blob of symptoms, we call it this. Well, what does that mean? Well, nothing, yeah. but we have a name for it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, oh. yeah, exactly. We really can't tell you anything about what's actually going on, but this is what we call it. Yeah. So <laughs> there are other people who have those lump of symptoms, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, and many variations of it, right? So, so for me, I... Uh, I mean, I just got to the point where I, I got to a question and a demand both at the same time. One was that I didn't care what it took. I didn't care how long it took. I didn't care what I had to go through. I wasn't going to live this way anymore. I was going to change it. And, you know, everything told me that that's not possible and I can't do that, right? So, so how do you do something that's not possible and everyone else is sure you can't change? <laughs> so, you stop telling so, other people what you're doing and begin the yes, experiment. That, <laughs> yes, that was one of the first things. Or find somebody that you can't talk about it that they won't make you wrong, right? right. One or the other. So I did both. <laughs> I found one person I could talk to about stuff and didn't tell anyone else what was going on. Um, but the basis of the that journey and the beginning of that journey was to start questioning everything that I believed and had been told. And not, but, but I, it was kind of weird though, because I did it without looking for a new answer. 
I literally just started to go forward and question, 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 question. And what I noticed is what I'd mentioned earlier, the things that I thought were absolutely true and real, when I questioned, wow, is that really true? Is that really how that works? Is this really what's going on? Um, When I had an open question like that, it started to break apart those things that were so solid and real. So, um, so with the quantifiable part, so one of the things that I discovered with that is that everything in our life and everything in our reality has an energy to it and that if you address the energy and you pay attention to the energy um, and work with the energy, that like we fundamentally as beings that we are have the ability to change energy and we change it in a bunch of different ways, but one of the ways is by letting go of our point of view about what that energy is and what it means and that it can't change. So just that um, willingness to have an energy change. And so how I discovered like what an energy is as well is first I thought it was a feeling, like feeling sad. That's actually mm-hmm. an energy or there's an energy to it. So, okay, if, I, what I was calling sad, I started to question, okay, if I wasn't sad, what would this be? What else is this besides sad? What else could I be aware of besides the sadness that I am having? Who else have I ever been around that's sad? So these are examples of, of questioning things. And, again, as I question them, I would notice that feeling of sadness would start to change. Sometimes it would start to go away. Sometimes it would just like be a different different sensation in a different area of my body. Um, sometimes I would start to notice, oh, my I had this family member and they were sad all the time, and I remember what that was like being around that, but it wasn't mine. Oh, right, I've been aware of this energy of people being sad. Huh? I thought that was me and my sadness. Huh? Maybe it isn't. <laughs> Am I actually sad? Not right now. <laughs> so so um, basically this is just to say that even though, you know, supposedly you can't measure energy in this way or um, prove it, I was getting quantifiable results in my physical body. And after a year and a half of doing this kind of questioning, and letting the energies that I was functioning from change and letting my point of view about everything change, I literally was no longer allergic to any foods. And I've never been allergic to them ever again. And it's been, what, 20, 20 40 years now. So that was a quantifiable result from something that's totally weird and unexplainable. <laughs> well, I had, and I had something similar, um, which was I was going to a class um, this was years and years ago. I was going to this class that they didn't want you to take. They said before you went, they're like, don't take any drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, like even, oh, my dogs are about to go off. It would be like last week's show. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, I'm in the studio. Not. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> our studio audience is really loud. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I... 
I had cramps, like to the degree that I would pass out, throw up, um, all sorts of stuff. I mean, it was really, it was, it was rough. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, so whenever I um, was about to go to this class, I also happened to have been starting my period at that same time. And I could feel the twinges of the cramps coming on. And, and my first, my first question in that case was, would I be willing to not take the drugs? And the drugs just being like, you know, Tylenol. And I was like, yeah. would I be willing to not do that? Would I be willing to have something different here? And that was the, that's the first part. Would I actually be willing to have this be different? <laughs> and that yeah. can be a surprisingly question. big question. We think that we always would just be yeah. like, oh, yeah, of course I would choose this not to hurt. But there was something in it that I was like, wow, would I really be willing to have this not hurt even without taking the Tylenol? And I was like, Huh. And in some ways we get invested in the past, right? Well, then what was I doing all those times that I was like thinking I was going to die or passing out or throwing up or, you know, like. Right, right. Or, all the proof know, of going, why you, you know, need that Tylenol. Yeah, exactly. And so that was my first question, you know, would I be willing to, for this to be different? And I sat there with it and I was like, wow, uh, maybe. Because <laughs> that was the yeah. honest answer maybe. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, okay, cool. Well, I'm apparently there's something that I'm attached to about this. So what am I attached to? Because if I didn't immediately go, oh my gosh, yes, of course. And really mean it. There was something that I cared about that I wasn't, that I would have to let go if I, you know, changed it. So I was like, well, what, yeah. you know, what do I get for being, so then, okay. So then what, what happens whenever I get cramps? Well, I get to lay down, go to sleep. I get to, uh, not really participate fully. I get to feel bad. I get to, you know, I'm like started just going. Yeah. Out. And I was like, well, what do I want out of that? Like, what do I, so if I, you know, I'm laying in bed or I don't feel good or I like, what am I, what do I want out of that? And I was like, oh, well, I, I want somebody to care about me. And I was like, whoa, that was out of left field. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you started with yeah. this question, what are you willing to feel better without, you know, without, taking drugs and the whole thing ended up coming around to, well, it wasn't the drugs. It was that, you know, I wanted to, I wanted somebody to care for me. And so how was I going to ask for someone to care for me if I felt fine? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so for me, that was, that was, I went, whoa. And I was like, well, okay. What if, is that the only way that I can get that kind of, and so then that's where you go into different questions. Well, the, the yeah. cramps went away and I didn't have like, and I didn't have them again for another probably 15 years before I had cramps again. Wow. Wow. That's uh -huh. amazing. Well, yeah. and that's how powerful our point of view is though. It's like that is such a great example of we truly make our, our life and our reality based on our point of view and yet we absolutely have the choice to change our point of view if we're willing to. And, you know, I love what you said about being honest about what was really true with you. Because that's what it took for me. I had to be just brutally honest about what my point of view really was and not judge it. You know, like, oh, wow. I mean, because I had similar stuff like that to come up with the asthma. Like, there were things about it that really worked for me. And, 
until I got to that point of admitting that to myself, you know, if no one else, I didn't have to tell anyone, <laughs> I at least need to tell myself, <laughs> you know, then I could have a choice about it. Like if I was honest about it with myself, I didn't judge it, and I looked at what, how it worked for me, then I could have another choice available. And, and sometimes I could, it was easy to make a new choice and I could make it right away. And there were other times that I honestly didn't. You know, it took me a while to be willing to make a new choice and, and let go of what I'd been holding on to. And what if that's okay too? It's like that was one of the gifts of the whole process for me is having a level of allowance for myself for whatever it took, meaning if it took me, you know, another, you know, hours, days, weeks, months, or even years to be willing to let go of that point of view or the value I had in that, I was okay with that. And it was like truly allowing myself to, um, well, really what you were just saying, Stephanie, of care for myself in a way that I wish other people cared for me. Uh, by having total allowance for what I'd chosen up to that point and yeah. whatever I was or was not choosing next. You know, and that's, that's a really powerful, powerful thing to have available. <laughs> you know? I think this is one of the places where, where I know that pe- some people I've known in the past have gotten really threatened by this and, and gotten really angry with the whole idea that you can change your point of view and have, things changed that seemed unchangeable mainly because they didn't like the idea that things that they had going on with their bodies or things that they had going on in their life could possibly be a choice that was infuriating right that it's something that seemed and here's the part like that seemed bad and and this is where not having the judgment really comes in handy of going oh wow okay well that's what I've been choosing (laughs) would I be willing to choose something different would I be willing to feel different would I be willing to um, have my life look different would I be willing to know that I've been mean would I be willing to know that you've been mean would I be willing to right like (laughs) yeah 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 what what am I so unwilling to know here or choose here or be here that that I I would rather believe that I'm a victim to everything (laughs) around me Um, yeah then knowing that there are a lot of and I'll just put it this way there are a lot of choices that we have available um, and some people may say something to the effect of, you know, well, what about a natural disaster? What choice do you have of that? But, you know, there are certain times when you know to leave, like you just get the sense to leave. But that sense can be so quieted by our logical mind that we oftentimes won't listen. Like, well, why would I leave? What am I even thinking? Like, what am I, you know, you may get a, a you may be, you know, 45 and all of a sudden get a like really horrible sense of homesickness, you know, <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, well, wait, wait, hold on. Okay. So first of all, if I didn't logic myself out of this, right. Like, is there something that I'm aware of? Is there something I'm aware of? Do I need to go home? Do I need to be aware of someone that's at home? Is someone at home really sad? Um, do I need to leave my home? <laughs> you know? right. And all of a sudden, we have a whole new set of questions from which to function instead of making the statement, this feeling is crazy, I'd better stop it. 
which is the judgment of, you know, that you should feel a certain way, you should think a certain way, you should behave a certain way. Instead of recognizing that we have all these different, really interesting and sometimes unexplainable ways of communicating with others and with the world so that, you know, you, you know, when that sense of homesickness comes up or something, for instance, you know, you may go, cool, is there someone I need to talk to? Is there someone I need to call? And you're like, oh, I need to call this person. And you do. And they're like, I am so glad you called. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, and that is the experiment. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's, it is the experiment. And it's the, there's so many, I mean, for me, all of these experiences it has just shown me that there's so much possible and there's so much available that is unexplainable. And yet it is. You know, and yet it's available, and yet it's possible, and yet it's it's uh, something we can have or be or choose. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess for me it showed me that I started to lose value in things being like solid and real, and it has to be a certain way. Um, because what I found is that everything that I was certain about and really held on to that there was there were other things available that might work better like mm-hmm. that might work better that might be easier that might make a living more pleasurable on a day-to-day <laughs> basis <laughs> god <know>. forbid <laughs> yeah that's horrible isn't it <laughs> so that that it became more valuable to enjoy living my life and enjoy my body um, more than it was to be right or to hold on to what I thought was true or real or what I thought I knew <laughs> about anything. <laughs> so, so, I'm a this, a pleasure seeker. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's part of the experiment that we're going to give everyone this week. <laughs> what pleasure yeah. have you been keeping yourself from? No, um, actually, so, so I would love Ooh. to, that you <laughs> so so one thing uh so anyway well, first of all we, I want to thank you we've reached the top of the 30 minutes or the the bottom yeah. we've reached the bottom of the hour is that how that works yeah. the hour is I guess so yeah is it yeah so uh <laughs> we've reached the bottom of the hour <laughs> oh, and uh, so thank you so much for hanging in, hanging in there with us or hanging out with <laughs> us and we'd love to invite you back to the show we're on every wednesday at noon pacific 3 p.m eastern time you can also find us at the good girls guide to being wrong.com which takes you directly to our blog talk radio page but you can also find us on itunes you can also find us on stitcher radio you can also find us on Blueberry and TuneIn, I believe. So you can find us in all yes. of those, all of those places, and Facebook, <laughs> where you can send us questions or you can hate on how unscientific the show was. But we're still going to invite you this week <laughs> to play with the experiment we're calling your life. <laughs> so, thank you for listening to the Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong and Happy. You have you have spent this thirty minutes with your co-hosts Stephanie Richardson and Heather Smith. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, and uh, enjoy your week. Bye for now. Good luck. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.